If you're not listening to the Smoke World Podcast, you're wasting your time, you mortal. What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Smoke World. I'm your host, Stone. So go grab that stick. Go grab a glass, whatever you're drinking. Let's sit back and have that conversation. You can follow me on Instagram at Smoke World Podcast. Email stone at smokeworldpodcast.com. The website, folks. Listen here. Listen, 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 listen here. The website, people. Smokeworldpodcast.com. Guess what I have on there? You already know. That's right. I got the swag tag. Check out the swag tag, folks. So smokeworldpodcast.com. We got the swag. You've been asking me about it. I got it for you. Okay? Relax yourself. Today's guest is a brother of the leaf, Steve Newman. He's the founder of the Facebook group entitled Cigar Industry Professionals. So we're going to get into a conversation exactly what is this group? Yes. What is this group? What is the purpose of the group? So I want you to sit back, relax, grab your stick, grab that glass, sit back and enjoy the conversation. You may learn something. Brother Steve, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being a guest on Smoke World. What's happening, brother? How you doing today? Great. I really appreciate the opportunity for to be on your show. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine. Appreciate you taking the time out to kind of share some of your knowledge and experience with us here. So as I do with all my shows and my listeners are familiar, we kind of want to get to know the person. So Steve, Steve Newman, is that correct? We're giving up all your government. I hope you're not offended. We gave up your government name. So, so that is Newman, not from the Cigar Family Newman, but from the Jerry Newman family. Jerry Newman, okay. I'm not familiar. Explain. That's my dad, Jerry Newman. He's okay. a nobody. Oh, I don't know about that. That's your dad. Dads are always somebody because I'm a dad and I'm somebody. Okay, so Brother Steve, now, how long have you been loving on this leaf? So, uh, my mom was a B&M owner back in the 70s and 80s in Northern California. And she was actually a pioneer in the cigar industry because she was one of the first females to have a walk-in humidor back in the 70s. Back then, most people were um, more interested in pipes, and cigars were just starting to become more popular. But my actual first cigar experience was in 1995, while I was studying to be a chef at the Culinary Institute of America in upstate New York. One of my friends, we were taking a wine class, like a six-week wine seminar, and one of my friends, who was an expert in um, spirits, took me, myself, and another friend out to the Hudson River, bought a couple cigars, bought some spirits, and uh, I had my first cigar experience 27 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, so you actually are a man of many talents. Culinary school. So let me ask this question because, again, folks want to know, do you remember which cigar that was? You know, the funny thing is, when people ask me about what my first cigar was, I always said it was the Hemingway, um, the Fuente Hemingway, because that's the first cigar that I actually remember what the cigar was. 
And I, I remember going into the store, getting the recommendation, anticipating smoking it, keep on like putting my nose in the bag and just getting high off the aroma and really um, just excited to smoke it. But my first cigar experience, I do not remember the cigar. I just remember the, the people, the environment, the experience, but I actually do not remember the cigar. All right. Well, you're like me because I don't remember what my first cigar was. And interestingly enough, my first cigar was in 1995. I do remember where I was at. I was in Mexico. But what cigar it was, I do not recall. That's what happened when we need Prevagen. When you get old, Steve, you can't remember everything, brother. This is the problem. Okay. So interestingly enough that you started in 1995 when you said your mother was doing things back in the 70s. So you never got an opportunity to kind of digging her stash a little bit, sneak a cigar, sneak a cigarette, smoke a pipe. You didn't do that? So the reason my mom started the store was because my dad was a pipe smoker. And uh, they would often go to like um, Scotland and the pipe making regions to buy pipes. So my memories of the store are the events that she held that which were often like um, Scottish themed. And, um, I remember my dad pipe smoking and liking the aroma. I remember he would used to send me into the store to buy his, uh, pipe tobacco. I even remember the name. It was called McKellen number 24 and came in a brown can. But, um, I did not, I remember in the garage seeing all the Calibri lighters and the Dunhill stuff and the signs, but I did not smoke the cigars. I did start smoking cigarettes at a young age. I was probably like 13 or 14. And I remember the only way I could get cigarettes was to go into a bar and use one of those machines that had the little pull-out handles where you put in like 25 cents and you get a pack of camels. Wow. You know, you're telling your age when you say that, brother. You're letting folks know because people listening to this right now have no idea of what that machine looks like or what that machine is. So just letting you know, you put yourself out there, bro, because I didn't ask your age, but you just told the public how old I you I have really no was. problem disclosing. I'm 47 <laughs> years old last March. Oh, man, you're a young guy. You're still young. You're still young. You're still young. Okay, so now we kind of skipped over a little bit now. Where did you grow up at? Where are you from? So I was born in 1975 in Stockton, California, which is pretty close to Sacramento in um, California, Northern California. And uh, my parents divorced when I was three years old and I ended up living with my dad and his new wife who had a daughter. And I also had a brother who's um, four years older than me. And we were living in um, Monterey. So people who don't know Monterey, it's famous for um, the Pebble Beach Golf Course. If there's any golfers out there, that's what they're most known for. Nice, nice. Okay, sounds good. Sounds like you had nice, I mean, that's nice weather out there in California. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, um, I, I only lived there for a couple of years. I, I then lived a couple of years in Portland, but my childhood memories are mostly from Los Angeles because I lived there from the time I was in third grade until I graduated high school. So when people ask me where I'm from, I say Los Angeles. Okay, sounds like a winner. All right, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty of this conversation. Okay, Steve Newman, 
is the founder of Cigar Industry Professionals, which is a Facebook group. Okay, boom, that's number one. First question I have for you. Tell us what is Cigar Industry Professionals? What is that? What is this Facebook group all about? So, um, I think it was 106 days ago, um, I was in some cigar communities and um, I found that I didn't really fit in because most people just like to talk about sports or what their kids are doing or what cigar they're smoking. And I do enjoy talking about that, but I also enjoy talking about the cigar business because I am an entrepreneur and I am looking to leverage my professional experience into a career that I'm most passionate about, and that's cigars in the cigar industry. And there was no online Facebook community exclusively for people interested in engaging on cigar business content. So because I didn't fit in, I decided I'm going to start this group and see what happens. And that was approximately three months ago. It started with three people that I reached out to, some cigar influencers. And the first week, I think they invited many of their industry friends, and maybe we had 30 people. And today, three months later, we have 1.1 thousand people. And it's growing by about 200 people every week. So the, the, the goal of the group is to um, focus on cigar industry, cigar business industry content. Consumers are not always a good match because um, they they I found that some of the members were more interested in like posting what they're smoking or talking about other subjects. And one of the core rules is I do not allow anyone to post what they're smoking now. And the reason for that is that's what keeps the group different from all the other cigar groups. There's there's plenty of groups where you can smoke post what you're smoking now there's probably hundreds and um that's why we're a little different okay so when you say you didn't fit in you created this group for i guess the entrepreneur or the content creator what was the goal in mind to say okay i'm going to target that particular audience opposed to the consumer base i guess you're saying you don't like the idea there are million groups that have me smoke. This is what I'm smoking now. So your idea, your content, and your thought process was what? What's what's you know what what's the benefit if we join this group and we're sitting here? We have our uh, podcast, we have our YouTube channel, we're doing things in the branding world. What benefit does it take to join this particular group? If there if there is any particular benefit. So I'm going to um, go back a little bit further to the origins of the group because there was a um, transition point. Originally, the group was called Cigar Community Builders, and the first 100 members or so were cigar content creators, people who do interviews, people who do cigar reviews, people who have blog posts like... Um, Kevin Chan of Cigar Prop or like um, Boston Jimmy. And originally it was branded as a place where community builders could come. There would be content about social media strategy, how to grow your audience, how to convert a, um, a prospect
tagged into a customer. And as the group grew, there were more and more members that were coming from different aspects of the industry. We have a lot of cigar brand owners. We have a lot of cigar reps. We have retail owners. So about a month ago, um, people were reaching out to me and saying, I'm confused. This was cigar community builders. It was about community building. And now there's a thousand people who are not content creators. So I decided to rebrand as cigar industry professionals. And the content is centered around a, a big percent of the content is, is based on um, content creators. They're the most active because they provide the interviews, the reviews, the, the press releases. But there's also other content, like, for example, um, YouTube has been cracking down on um, cigar industry um, stuff. They've been deleting channels. They've been deleting content. So there's been a lot of conversation about where are people going? Um, what are they doing about it? Um, one of the most popular posts was Steve Saka's in relation to his policy about only selling his top tier cigars to the people that um, sell a certain quantity of his core line. And I think we had about 50 comments on that post. Steve Saka alone probably posting more than 20. And that's an example of some of the content. So what I can say is two things. What you will find and what you will not find. You will find industry news. You will find um, cigar reviews and interviews. You will find hot topics like, for example, um, this whole idea of marketing to children. We had a lot of dialogue on that. Um, you, What you will not find is um, pictures of what you're smoking now content off the theme of cigar industry business and what the the thing that a lot of people have expectations of which you also will not find is that these people who have spent years building up brands and um whether it be as a uh, a manufacturer or a media personality they're not giving their secrets away about how they built their business and their brand, taking many years, making many mistakes, and learning lessons the hard way. They just don't give that information away, and people sometimes think they can come to the group and get that. I do know that some members have reached out personally to some of these members, and they have offered some insights, but it's not public, publicly displayed in the group. Okay, I'm so glad I, you mentioned that. But if, I stop, if I can stop you right there, because you mentioned a valid point that these content creators who's been doing this for years, they're not giving away their secrets. And I don't expect them to do so. So now when you have new members coming in, because now it seems like the group is not only strictly for content creators because you changed the name from the cigar community to cigar industry professional. So you're saying non-content creators can now join the group. Is that correct, number one? Yeah, so um, the first month was mostly content creators. The last two months has been everybody in the industry, and we've attracted um, many industry leaders. Okay, so number two, going back to that point where these guys and girls who've created their brand and took the time over years to create 
the idea or the brand that they are, they're not just giving this information away. So now if one joins the group and there are new people, a new per, new person, what's the benefit? So are we able to now network with maybe this particular person who's been doing it for years? Can a newbie come and say, hey, Steve, can you connect me with X? Because again, I'm looking to do a podcast. I'm looking to do a video channel. Is the group designed to do something like that? That's a great question, and I have built in some features that are unique to the group that other groups have not done, and one of them is uh, group chats. So we have a media group chat that has 40 of the top media people that um, just talk, shop amongst themselves, and it's a place to network and coordinate. I also have a Cigars for Warriors collaboration chat with the entire executive and marketing team of Cigars for Warriors. So anyone who wants to collaborate with them is welcome to join that chat. I think there's about 30 people in there. And I started a poll asking what other group chats. So a few others are entrepreneurs. Another one is reps. Another one is, um, uh, let's see, um, entrepreneurs, reps, influencers. There's probably about five so far. So that's one way to be able to network. The second thing that I don't believe any other group has done is I have an assistant that developed a spreadsheet with every single member's name and has researched all their social media handles. That's Instagram, Discord, Rumble, uh, LinkedIn, their email. And that spreadsheet is available to any member so if they want to know who's in the group, who's a rep, who's a media person, they can directly click on the link on the sheet, follow them, get in touch with them, and be able to develop relationships. Okay, so the person who's listening to this say, man, I, I'm loving what I'm hearing here. I want to be part of this. How would they be able to get in contact with you? How would they be able to become part of the group? What would they need to do for the listener who's interested, who's doing this, or who has some love? who's looking to create a brand for themselves, how would they become a member of the group? What would they need to do? All you have to do is it is searchable in Facebook and just search cigar industry professionals. Most people are admitted. There are a couple of um, questions you have to answer. And, and the main thing is you have to understand that this is a business-centered B2B group and that um, it is not, uh, it's not always a good fit for someone who's only a consumer. What I do want to expand on is that um, what you will find is previews of when new shows are being released, the date of the show when it's going to be released, industry news, um, hot talk. I guess I already touched on that, so maybe. Well, no, okay. Well, let's. Uh, you bring up a valid point here because the reason I'm asking these questions is because the group that you're talking about that you wasn't really a fan of in the beginning, the cigar groups that are posting what they're smoking now, I would say they kind of do the same thing. The brand or the content creator can go into those same groups, post the same information, and some of those groups are very large groups, so they have a large audience to disseminate their information to. So I guess the question becomes the benefit of joining this particular group would be what? Is it more so than networking? What, what, what angle would you think you would utilize or tell the listener 
all right, you should join this group because my group is different okay. because of A compared to B. Okay, I gotcha. So the first two things are the group chat and the, the spreadsheet. And the other thing is, it's kind of like Tobacco Business Magazine. It's all the information centralized in one location without all the, uh, the clutter of the, the consumer information. So it's getting all the information in one centralized location, a one stop, one spot stop. And, um, I do something every week, which is called the media summary. So a lot of people don't like to log into Facebook every day or have to filter through many posts. I make a post with about 30 links to the top cigar media professionals, a link to their page and the title of their, um, of their content. And you can scan that post if you only want to check in on Sunday and say, this is what happened last week in cigar media. I also include half wheel and um, cigar rights from America and the big outlets. And you can just say, look, I don't have time to find what's going on in media. I can look at this one post and see what I want to engage with. Click on the link and go directly to it. Mm, okay. Okay. Now, I mentioned I know you have a rule. There's a 24-hour post rule, I believe. Is that correct? For those who may be listening, that meaning that if you post something, for example, okay, I got a podcast. I post my uh, my link into the group. In 24 hours, you archive it. It doesn't sit there for three to four or five days as in these other groups. Is that correct? That's correct. And the reason I did that was because um – it was to have a differentiating factor from other groups because um, the, the content that's core to the group, the most important content, I wanted to be showcased. And I didn't want it to be just all these um, shows that are broadcasted across all the cigar groups. So um, the rule is it will be archived after 24 hours, and then you can post it again when the show is live, and then it will be deleted after 24 hours, but I do promise you that it will be in the cigar media recap post every Sunday. So everybody who wants to engage with it has a place to go to find it. Okay, you mentioned important. What do you deem as the important information for the cigar, so, for the cigar industry uh, professionals? So I heard you mention saying you would rather have you more important stuff. This lasts for 24 hours. The post is for 24 hours. Then you archive it because you want the more important things. What would that be deemed as? So that would be um, like current events, um, the posts that have the most engagement, the posts that people want to comment on. So for example, um, news about the barn smoker. Um, I do a post every Monday called Monday Motivation. And it says, let's start the week off with good intentions. What are you doing this week to support the cigar community? And we usually get around 30 comments about what people are doing, what events they're doing. Some guys are starting um, cigar lounges and they give us updates. Some people are um, doing giveaways or raffles. And that's your opportunity to promote yourself and tell us what you're doing. And then... Um, for example, the Freestyle Live, when 
everybody was wondering what the new cigar was. They wanted to know about the barn smokers. All those types of posts stay up. The ones that get the engagement, the ones that have the comments. Industry news, something that's relevant, hot topics. Um, we also do something unique, which is called the Featured Expert Q&A every week. And I reach out to um, cigar industry leaders and my media team, the media members, and I coordinate a Q&A. And I open a post on Monday and I say, I give all the background on the information on the guest, all their social links, and I open it for questions. And that's been a very popular feature. This week we have Karen Berger from Everybody knows Karen Berger, so I don't have to describe her. But um, the questions are a lot about the business and um, what her different strategies are, what new releases she has coming out. I would say 75% of the questions are business-related and 25% are personal. Next week, we have Joe Grow, who's the digital marketing manager for Drew Estate. He doesn't do a lot of interviews, but he... He accepted my invite, and I'm very honored that he did that because he is pretty central to the cigar community, and people outside of his circle may not know who he is, but he is um, one of the driving um, forces within Drew Estate. So that's a unique opportunity to get to know an insider and ask them questions. A lot of shows don't allow you to ask questions. They just do the interview on their own, and we provide the opportunity to get your, your questions answered. Okay, so I heard you mention media team. Who is the media team? Are they, are these the members? Yeah, so like I said, the, it started out as content creators. The first hundred or so members were content creators. So I would say there's probably about 50 of the top content creators that are members. And I personally reach out to um, people, like we had Miguel Schodel, the national sales manager for Crown Heads, and I said, are you interested in doing this Q&A? He said, yeah. And I said, do you want anyone in particular to interview you? And uh, and then I made some recommendations. I went into the group chat. I said, did anybody want to interview Miguel? People said yes. So we made the connection. I opened a group chat and we coordinated it. Okay. Okay. That's a good question here. I got now I'm thinking off the top of my head. Okay. So now you put out there that we have a guest. Is there anybody interested in interviewing them? So I guess that could be a networking tune. That could be a plus for those who are looking for guests for their show. But now is it first come, first serve? Or, hey, yo, this is my buddy. I don't like this guy. He's an a-hole. I'm going to hook him up with this guy. So how does that work? How do you decide who's going to interview who? So it's always up to the guests because oftentimes they have sponsors and they work with certain people. So, for example, with Karen... Uh, Ronnie Pecorini, who's from uh, the Great, uh, I forgot what his show is called, The Great Smoke Show or something. And he, they're a sponsor, so um, Karen wanted to work with him. Other people don't have a preference. Um, so it's, it's basically up to the guest who they're most interested in. I make recommendations. I provide the opportunity to everyone and if anyone says yeah i'm interested in interviewing then i provide all the people who are interested to the guests and let them pick who they're most interested in working with okay now is there any money being made from this particular group any monetization i'm glad you asked that because i i'm definitely interested in um 
answering that question. There, there is completely zero money. It's actually the opposite. I've invested more than $500 in giveaways. I have an assistant that I pay. So this is my giving back to the cigar industry leaders um, community. It's an investment that I spend about five hours a day, every single day, moderating, curating. It's a big investment for me, and I don't have any sponsors. I did get a couple of cigars, but nothing significant. I'm not looking for sponsors. I am an entrepreneur and looking to leverage my professional experience into a career in the industry, and I have made some good contacts, but that was not the purpose of the group. It was to support the community. Now, I've got to ask this question, brother. We all work and we need money. We need to pay for our cigars. Why not look for sponsors? Well, just out of curiosity, if this is something that you can monetize and grab sponsors and you got some of the biggest content creators in the cigar business in this group, why not monetize and get sponsors and make this thing happen like anybody else? Because I can tell you right now, any of those content creators that you have in the group, not to say that's their number one goal, but they're looking for sponsors. If they can make some money, they're going to take the money. So out of curiosity, I'm going to ask, why not? on sponsors i'll tell you the reason because um my background is in technology i'm a data scientist for people who don't know what that is it's a computer programmer that um solves business problems using data writing computer algorithms sometimes using artificial intelligence and as a someone in technology i do have a couple cigar products i have a cigar and whiskey pairing recommendation app and I also have a cigar promotion alert. They're both free. They are planning to be monetized with affiliate links. So if you do get a cigar recommendation and click on the link, I will earn a commission from the retailer. If you do get an, a promotion alert, I will provide you with an affiliate link and I do get a commission. So I look to separate the two. I don't believe that um, developing a community is a place to really exploit them. Um, I, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but um, I do have my personal projects, which I do share with the community, and I welcome other people to share their products. So I do have a monetization strategy, and I have been offered some career opportunities with some major retailers. And I have a consulting business that I'm developing where I made some partnerships among the group with people who've been doing it for a long time. So um, it's definitely not a self-serving group. I have benefited from some of the contacts and I know other people have as well, but it is a community first before it is a business. I understand, but like I said, I'm just gonna be real. At the end of the day, if it was me, and this is only Stone speaking, I would be transparent with my members to let them know, hey, this is what we're doing. And I am actually looking for sponsors. So there would be no hidden agendas because my wallet does have some space. It's not really full. And I'm good with multiple streams of income. Whether I'm doing this or whether I'm doing that, I'm always looking to be doing something else. So just was curious to know, okay, there's something to think about. Just something to think about as far as monetizing. If you can monetize and for transparency, no secrets, nothing hidden. Be straight up with the members and let them know this is what I'm doing. I don't really think they really would care because at the end of the day, when they sign and go through those rules, if you have that, 
as this is what I do, or if you're interested in doing A, B, and C, this is what it is. Just put it out there, brother. I'm just so, saying. <laughs> I appreciate it, and it, I will consider it in the future. Like I said, the group is only three months old, and I'm still working on driving engagement. So possibly when the membership is larger and I have more influence, I do have a link tree that I use to promote the group. It has a, a link about the group. I I give everybody my calendar to set up an appointment if anyone wants to call me or do a Zoom for feedback. And it also has all the media members as links on the link tree. So maybe in the future, if they want to have their link on the link tree and I become more influential, it, it might cost something to put on the link tree. Maybe give me some cigars or something like that. But for right now, that's not the goal. It's really to help build the community, get more engagement and attract industry leaders and hope that they come visit the group frequently and engage on the content. All right, here at Smoke Bro, I have a crystal ball. And it's time to now allow you, Steve Newman, to look into that crystal ball. We're going to rub the ball six months <laughs> from now, Steve. Where do you see this group? What is your end goal? What is the end game to say at the end of the day, Steve Newman has created the Cigar Industry Professionals Group. What is the end game? What do you foresee? We're going to look into the crystal ball. Hold on. Let me get Let's look into the crystal ball. What do we see? Steve, tell me, what do you see at the end of this uh, rainbow? So I do see something, but it may not be what I think it is. And I'll explain that. Um, as an entrepreneur, and I posted about this in the group before, you may have an idea on day one, but it could be your idea can be 100% 90 degrees different or 180 degrees different day 100 because you evolve based on the feedback. Like I said, it started as community builders. Now it's cigar industry professionals. Maybe in a few years, it'll be something different. Entrepreneurship is a process of reiteration. You start with an idea, you, you throw it out there, you get feedback, you modify it, you see how it works, and you keep on doing that over and over again until you optimize it. And that's the, the same approach I take with the group. I, I found that um, some things worked, other things didn't, and I evolved with the group as it did. I do have an advisory team that we discuss how to make the group most successful. So if you ask me in five years where the group will be, I can, I can, I can tell you what I'd like it to be, but in reality, it's probably going to be something completely different because that's just how projects work. Okay, let me get my hand bullhorn out here. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Steve, can you hear me, buddy? Can you hear me? <laughs> uh, yep. I, I, I don't think you answered the question. So tell us what you think you would want it to be opposed to what you see it being. So let me get my bullhorn out. Hey, Steve, do you, can you hear me, buddy? There you go. Um, you, you, that was a politician move. You didn't answer the question, Steve. So <laughs> try that again. So Tony Stone, you're a funny guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let me get back. Yeah, can you hear me? There you go. Yeah, can you try to answer that question again? That was pretty good. The public, Republicans or Democrats, we're not doing that type of show. We're doing cigars. So what do you think it may be? Just tell us, you know. It's our secret, man. It's, nobody's going to know. 
what do you think? What do you see? Forget about we don't know what the future holds because we do have the crystal ball here, but we're looking into it. So tell me what does Steve see in his mind? The best answer I can give really is what it is today on a larger scale because that's where I'm at. That's what I learned um, people respond to. So like I said, it's a centralized location to get cigar media content and cigar industry news and all the different features that I offer. There'll probably be a couple of new features because um, I'll learn some new things. But um, I, I really don't have a future plan. I'm just going along as I go. And the future is what it is today on a bigger scale. Okay, so a networking tool, maybe a digital magazine type platform, possibly. Is that what we're looking at? Would we define Uh, that as that now? A centralized location for cigar industry business content is the best way I can say it concisely. Oh, that was nice. I bet you can't say that again. Say it again. What was that? A centralized location for cigar industry business content. And I think I said it verbatim. Wow, you did. You must have had that written down. Steve, you have that written down. That's very good because I would have not been able to do that. That's good. That's good. Okay, Steve, listen. We've been beating your air up a little bit here. I think folks got an idea of what we're dealing with when it comes to cigar industry professionals. Is there anything, brother, that we have not covered that you want these folks to know, whether they be cigar content people, bloggers, podcasters, or the consumer, because now, if I'm correct, the door is open for those individuals too. So what do you want them to know as we end the show? Well, as we end it, this could turn into a half-hour conversation because I have a few things. Uh, Hold on, Steve, Steve, hold on, Steve. Uh, Give me the short version. Thanks, buddy. Uh, put my microphone back. <laughs> <laughs> so I I kind of came out of nowhere. People didn't know who I was, even though I've been a part of the community for a long time. And Steve, I've been Steve, smoking cigars. St- Steve, can you hear me, Steve? Steve? Yeah. Okay, you said nobody knew who you were. Do you, do you think they know who you are now? Do you think you think you're famous now? I, I'm not sure about that statement. If nobody knew who you were, do you think you're? Or somebody now? I'm not sure. Are you saying that? That you're famous now? I'm not saying I'm famous, but oh. more people are familiar with me now. Oh, look at you. I'm going to get your autograph. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. Proceed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people said I came out of nowhere. I started something different, and they were skeptical of my intention. They thought maybe I'm just trying to um, exploit the industry for my own personal gain. So I want people to understand that I have been smoking cigars for 27 years. I joined my first Facebook group, Cigar Cartel, in 2015 and have been engaged on the online community since then. And this is not new to me, even though people don't know who I am. I've been around for a long time and I've been active and uh, you may not recognize me, but I have been a part of the community for a long time. I... I traveled to Cuba probably five times since 1995. I lived in Nicaragua for three years, blended my own cigars with Arsenio Ramos, who was the master blender for uh, Placencia. So I've been deep in the culture for many years, and I want people to understand that my intention is sincere, and I'm not new to this. All right. I'm glad you see you said with your chest, right? That You just said with your chest. You was in Cuba. 
you was rolling cigars. Okay, you're going to give us that at the last minute, but that's fine, Steve. We may have to have a part two because you threw a little something in there at the last minute. You stuck your chest out and said, this is who I am. I done rolled cigars with the finest rollers. I was in Cuba many times. Not a problem, brother. Well, listen, Steve, we appreciate you being a guest on Smoke World. You sat down. You gave us a breakdown. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again for being a guest, sir. Thank you. And just last time, if anybody wants to join, just search Facebook for Cigar Industry Professionals. I have an open door. Anyone who wants my phone number or set up a Zoom any time of the day or week, I, I've had many calls with many members to answer any questions they have. And I believe in complete transparency and building relationships. And I know it takes a lot of commitment and energy to build those relationships. And I'm committed to doing that. Steve, you're the man, brother. You said it with your chest, brother. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Stone. But there you have it, folks. Another episode of Smoke World in the books. Steve, at the last minute, stuck his chest out. Bam! Said it with his chest. Again, folks, you can follow me on Instagram at Smoke World Podcast. Email stone at smokeworldpodcast.com. The website with the swag, with the hot stuff fancy cars with a fancy cigar smokeworldpodcast.com don't forget to like share and subscribe and guess what people we will check you out on the other side thanks for listening be safe peace